But we're looking at uh, strength from the scriptures for our daily, our daily walk. And I know that uh, many of you uh, are praying for strength. You know people that need strength. There, there are people right now that are weak, that are weak in their, in their walk. And so they need, they need the Lord to touch them. So here, here we are beginning with number one, which is in the book of Galatians, chapter 5. And we're, we're looking at verse chap, uh, chapter 5, verse 16. This I say then. Could you, why don't we read it together? Our very first one. Let's just read it together. This I say then. Walk in the spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So. The, the very first point of strength that we're going to look at today in our 10 important scriptures to strengthen us in our walk with God is to be careful to walk in the Spirit. So I've, I've put this little, um, oh, someone took a picture, I guess, of somewhere, looks like a coastal picture, and someone's walked on the beach, and you can see their, their footsteps. So it reminds us that <clears throat> someone has been there. They've, they've gone that way, as it were. And so Paul says, in, in, and I, I'm, I'm going to just look right at the, this particular verse, uh, not the entire context of the chapter, which would be marvelous. What a great chapter that is. But walk in the Spirit. Can you say that with me? Walk in the Spirit. So, obviously, in order for someone to walk in the Spirit, they have to know what that means. And, uh, and to walk in the Spirit is a, a lesson in itself. But we could say that to commit yourself so that all that you're doing, that we get the word in Greek, for example, uh, uh, of course, the Greek word for walk is ambulo, which means, which we get English words like ambulance. How many here understand what I'm saying? Ambulo is the Greek word. And we get the word ambulance, which means to go from one place to another. Now, it typically means to walk in the sense that use your feet and go somewhere. And that's the, I've chosen a picture where there's footprints in those, uh, in that, on that beach. And, and that's just typical. But when we walk, it doesn't mean take your feet in the spirit. It's not, although we could say the image is to uh, use your feet and walk. But when you're walking in the spirit, it has to do with going from one place to another to accomplish your daily life in the spirit so that you're living your life in the spirit. In fact, some translations that I'm not suggesting, I, I like other translations better, although I, I've, I've used several that I thought were very interesting. The most interesting uh, one that I've been looking at lately well, there's two. There's two that I've been, uh, I disapprove of them because they cut scriptures out. So I don't use them regularly. I don't want half my, I don't want 10,000 scriptures cut out. But one of them that's very, very interesting, and if you happen to want one to use like a commentary and you want to kind of look at it and it helps you with the, your Bible reading, there's a, a one that's called the ESV, which I, I assume is the English Standard Version, which is just an update of the RSV, which was, goes all the way back to 1901. And, and it's very interesting because what they've done is the opposite of what all the others are doing. And there's gobs of them. 
And, and the opposite is to try to say it's close to what is familiar to us. And I've been curious to know, is it paying off? In other words, it, since the, the idea originally was, if it says one thing, make it so different you can't even recognize that it's in the Bible. That's the new translations. In fact, I read one the other day, and it was uh, hip, uh, not hip-hop, but I don't know what it was. Uh, some slang version of the Bible. And I read it, and then I threw it away. I had no interest in a slang version of the Bible. Because it, didn't, it wasn't slang I used. It wasn't anything I would have been interested in. I'm not suggesting that culturalisms and so on are wrong. I mean, unless, unless they are wrong. If there's something vile about them, then they're wrong. But, but just a culturalism, no problem. But uh, some folks have got so carefree with their Bibles. But you know what? The, the beautiful thing about it is people are, are still in love with the Bible and believe that God speaks to them through the Bible. I got a feeling I got folks sitting right here that believe the Bible. You may look at the preacher and say, someone was telling me because I, I, I just love grits. And so I was, uh, you know, I have a little staff meeting back there and I had my grits. And, and someone said, I, I'm afraid they're in this building. I just happened to notice. So I shouldn't tell this. But they were talking about how tall I was going to grow eating grits. And I said, yes, you can tell already a lifetime of eating grits. And look at this. It worked. But it's a powerful thing when you realize that the Bible is right there. Folks are still turning to it. You say, well, we're in a modern day. You know, we're in the, we're in the computer day. I know some of you think, oh, Brother Fritz, please, you've just said that a few days ago. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm struck by it. That in a, in a, a computer-generated age where people are, like, for example, here's a Bible in the printed page right here. Now, for example, I've got a book being released, uh, just released. I've gotten calls all weekend long from all over from coast to coast. People are talking about it and so on. I haven't, I haven't even gotten our copies yet. Hopefully they come tomorrow. And, and uh, they're saying, I just got the notice that the, this, the book will also be released in, uh, where'd Sister French go when I need her? Um, uh, they're releasing it in uh, some form. I think they call it Kindle. I'm not positive. But where you can, uh, you don't have to have a book, but you can use your phone or whatever. And it's going to be released. Amazon's getting it ready right now. It's going to be released any day. The book is going to be released. So you, it's a little cheaper you buy it that way. I've never bought a book that way because that's, I'm, I'm a bookworm and I've never made the switch to say, okay, I'm moving from reading a paper uh, page print book to, uh, let's call it, uh, what, what do they call e e-books or whatever they call them now, D- digital, the digital world. Uh, and, and, and so there, there's, I've, I've kind of teased about it. My, my, my son sometimes say, come on, Dad, you, what's the difference if I read it on, on a printed page or I don't read it? Well, there is no difference. There's no difference. If you're looking at it in a, a, a lighted screen or you're looking at it on a, on a, a page, it's, that, now there could be a difference. What if that went out and then where would your... <laughs> See, the Holy Ghost is leading me right now. Now, I've often said you better have a Bible nearby. Because what if you're, what if all, what if everything depended on, on the power source? Or what if you're, what if something, what if something took place and they cut all that off? Then what are you going to do? You're going to need a printed Bible, so on. But, but just in terms of, of looking at the page, folks, let me tell you something. What's happened is, what is astounding the modern folks is that in this trend of people going to, uh, 
e-books and going to the internet to read and so on, the, the number one thing they're turning to on the internet is the Bible. They're reading the Bible on the internet. And they're reading it on their phones and they're reading it here and there. Praise God. Did anybody else read this story about the, the boy that was at school and on his break he would read his Bible? Anybody just read this just this week? I, I haven't even got the story. I'm, I'm talking about it before. I just, I just read a little clip and I said, oh, I've got to get that. I've got to pick that up. And they were going to expel him because he would read his Bible during his break. Now, that's what I, that's just a little, that may not be accurate. I'm, I'm apologize for bringing it up not having the facts but what I'm trying to say is if that's true that's not the first time that's happened because we're living in an age where there's all kinds of folks pressed and stressed about religion and and we're living in a world that's throwing religion overboard and while they're throwing religion overboard the Holy Ghost is being poured out people are turning to the Bible and they're looking to the Word of God and how many are thankful that the Word of God works in your life? Aren't you thankful what the Word of God does? You need to read your Bible. You need to love it. And you need to walk in the Spirit. And then it says, And, and, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So walking in the Spirit is the antidote to living an ungodly, lustful life or the lust of the flesh. Doing the things that you shouldn't do. Whatever way we want to interpret the term lust of the flesh. But now you notice the Greek at the bottom, ume, is a common double negative. In other words, it's no, no. In other words, what you're looking at here, and you don't care about it, but I'm just showing you because it's interesting. This ume here in the Greek is what we call a double negative. Now, see, we don't allow it in English. You, don't, you can't put two negatives together. There ain't no. How many knows you're not supposed to say ain't no? No, I'm just kidding. I, you don't have to say yes. Um, but the idea is you don't put two negatives together. So, but the Greeks did because when they put two negatives together, they meant for you to take it as an emphasis. And so I gave you the way I would translate, if I were translating it, if you walk in the spirit, you will not at all fulfill the lust of the flesh. In other words, when you're walking in the spirit, it is so powerful that the flesh is, and the lust of, of that is so pushed back by the power of the spirit. I wonder if we could lift our hands and pray that God would help folks to walk in the spirit. I, I think that's a good lesson this morning. Father, we thank you because we can walk in the spirit and it will push back everything, Lord, that's unlike you. And we give you praise for it. We give you glory. Now, remember that walking in the Spirit, you don't walk in the Spirit today and then that's it. You don't just walk a few days and it's over. You walk in the Spirit. That is, you keep moving on in the Spirit. And when you do that, now someone said to me, well, Brother Finch, I did pretty good and then I went back and I picked it up again and man, I was really good. I said, yes, that's because you didn't keep walking. You have to keep walking. And sometimes you need to run. You need to run. Especially when they're coming after you. And when you see, if you, listen, here's a, here's a rule. If a devil's coming at you, either have the power to knock him off his, uh, whatever you knock a devil off of, or run as fast as you can run. You do not stand around and wait and say, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I want to tell you, there's more power in the Holy Ghost than any devil in hell. And if you walk in the Spirit, you will be victorious. And you will not at all fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now we go to point number two, and this is from Romans 8.29. Now this is a fairly familiar passage, but this is our second one of our ten important, significant uh, scriptures to strengthen us in our daily walk. And, and it is uh, Romans 8.29. For whom he did foreknow... 
he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. Now, really, the next two are very, very similar. So I want you to uh, think about it for a moment. And I've, I've not put the whole thing here on purpose. So I've put the little ellipsis there. For whom he did foreknow. We're in the middle of a deeply theological discussion by Paul in the book of Romans. For whom he did foreknow, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. And the word conformed, and you can see this here. I know that I'm just kind of walking through it here. I'm sorry if that's hard to see. It's not hard here, but the way it reflects it, uh, sumorphus. Now, see, if you took this off, I know you don't care. I'm I'm just showing you how interesting that is. So here we have morphus which all of us are familiar with the idea of a metamorphosis or something which just means to change something or to 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 move from something one thing to another and so the word sum of course sum is the greek word for with so it means to change along with something or to to change with a particular goal in mind or something like that so so sumorphos means to it's translated here to be conformed or made into a a shared likeness in other words we're not trying to just this is what's wrong with rebellion by the way when we are if we want to walk with god every day we have to let god be god we can't be god you can't say well okay god i'm in charge today i'm god today you're never god friends you're never God. And so if you take the Bible, I don't care what the Bible says, then forget it. You're not walking in the Spirit, and you're not going to have a daily walk that's fruitful. But if you say, Lord, I know today I don't understand it. Someone, some of you are going to get news you don't want to hear. And you're going you're gonna to be fretful. And, they're gonna be all, and I'm not suggesting that I hope it happens. I pray it doesn't happen. But it, it is just life that things will happen that you don't want to happen. Now, Brother French is Brother French teaching the um, uh, the college and career. If you're in college and career, they're they're having class today. Over, they don't have it every single Sunday, but when I'm teaching, they will often have the college and career. So, if, if you want to slip in there, that's fine. I don't I don't mean this bad, but none of you look like college. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I'm just kidding. Um, you all look like just wonderful young. Well, Lord, forgive me. No, I'm just kidding. You look wonderful. But uh, I, uh, um, I can say it because Brother French is over there, not in here. When Brother French was born, he was three days old. We found out that he had a condition known as tetralogy, which is a fairly uh, destructive um, heart con- uh, congenital. I'm telling this. Can you believe I'm telling this? Mr. French is not even in here. And this condition uh, often kills children but back in the 50s there was a a doctor by the name of Tossig who who invented a way to take a vein out of someone's body somewhere leg or arm or somewhere and then they could put it in the baby and then they could the blood would shoot over and keep the baby alive until it was old enough to have its first open heart surgery well that's what we had and so when and they said well we won't do that the Tossig shunt we won't do that until he, he nearly dies is really what they told us when when he passes out turns blue they used to call him blue babies if he if he passes out and and, and he revi- if he revives they said then bring him in we'll do the surgery right then 
And Sister French was on her way to Sister uh, Sugg's house, which was a young lady. We were, later became a major part of our church and ran our daycare and everything else. But we had just started church and have a single member. And, uh, and so we were trying to buy the Presbyterian church. And so she was going over to Sister Suggs or, or Debbie Suggs at the time. And, and she, I said, go in. I'll take care of the baby. And he, he was about, <laughs> I'm going to say three months, but. That, don't 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 record any of this no i'm just kidding about three months old and and so i was heading back home she, she had gone over and uh and uh our, our baby uh turned blue passed out and and uh, i called 911 they said rush him in right now and that's when they did the blalick shunt and so she had to run out of the bible study we had to run to downtown chicago and they did the surgery uh on on the baby and uh, I'll never forget when Dr. Ao, we had a Chinese, one of the most well-known surgeons in all of America, but, uh, not surgeons, but heart, uh, heart specialist, is in Chicago, and, and uh, Dr. Philip Ao. And I, I guess he's still there. I mean, we, we haven't been there so long, but I'm quite certain he's still there. And, uh, and, and uh, he, when he walked in, when Ryan was born, and he said, uh, Reverend, I hate to tell you this, but your son has a very, very serious heart condition. And I said, that's not possible. I mean, that, this baby is fine. I remember Sister and Sister French would say, remember, hon, remember. Remember back when Ryan had that and you did, couldn't believe it? I said, yes, I, I did. I couldn't. I, I'd hold him and, and, and I would say, that, that, what's wrong? What do you mean? He said, look here. Look at his fingers. And he said, I said, oh, come on. You, you, you're surely not telling me that from a little baby's fingernails you can tell me that he's got a horrible heart condition. No, no, no. I'm not telling you that. I know that because I've run the tests and he, he definitely has tetralogy. And he said, this, this means that he's got four. That's why it's called tetra. Because it's gotten, of course, I, I knew that. Uh, and, 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 and I never forget being just completely unwilling to admit. I was just like, no, that's not, that, that's not possible. So why are you going way back there? Brother French has got to be 30 now. Is, is Ryan 30, do you think? 30 years. That's been 30 years. Well, I'm going all the way back to remember that there come times when things happen that you don't want to happen. And you had better know how to let God be God. Now, I'm not using myself. I didn't mean that to make me an example. Because I, I, if anything, that would just show you I was no example 30 years ago. Sister French, uh, oh my goodness, so I have to, I'm going to leave it at that. I could go further, but, but the, uh, so much for the illustration. And so th- this point, of course, is in everything that we do, we must seek to be like Jesus in what we're doing. Now, I know we're living in a world that calls themselves Christians, and they're no more Christian than anything in the world. That's why they say, oh, it doesn't matter if you're Christian or Buddhist or what you are, because they, they're really not, they're not walking, they're not living like Christ. But for those who, the millions and millions of people that are walking in Christ and, and love him, every day is a journey that says, I want to be like Jesus. Praise God. So we sing that song, to be like to be like Jesus. And actually, I've used that here, here in the title. So we're to be conformed or made in the, in the likeness of, of Christ. And of course, the reason I put that little chisel there, I'm, I think that's a chisel. 
<laughs> it kind of looks like a chisel to me. I saw it and I said, that's got to be a chisel. But um, uh, I think if you were an artist and you were like chiseling uh, something, you, could, you would use something similar to that. And so, uh, so we're made in the image of God. And sometimes that's not easy. Sometimes, you know, life can be very hard and sometimes unfair. And we wonder, Lord, and here's what happens. Here's what the, the devil is such a liar. He will tell people, well, uh, so God is unfair to you. And he tries to get you bitter at God. Why don't we just praise the Lord for a moment for all that he sent our way. And let's even thank him for the hard times, as the song says. In the good times, praise the Lord. In the bad times, do the same. Lord, we, we thank you for all that's come about. Not, not that we're, we're thankful for evil in and of itself, but we thank you because you made us what we are through the things that we have faced. And we thank you, Lord. And I ask you, God, to help us. Hallelujah. See, I, I could really talk. I could slow way down, but I've got to move on. Um, all right, let me see where we are. Now, number three, therefore, when we're looking at 2 Corinthians 5, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So if you're a Christian, you're a new creature. Now, some people, I use this, for example, to help people understand that you must live a Christian life. You don't just live just like you do. If you are a murderer, for example, you stop murdering. Because God turns your life into something else. And, and Paul called this being a new, a new creation. That, that, I'd almost translated a new creation, but, uh, but anyway, Paul, uh, King James says new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, what? All things are become new. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Everything is new. Praise God. And I was raised in a home where uh, everybody drank and, and beat each other up and... and uh, uh, and uh, threw stuff around. If you couldn't, if the if the bottle was empty and you guzzled it down, you were half uh, uh, drunk. Well, then you took the bottle, break it, and you know start slashing around. That's the kind of situation I was raised in, where people lived uh, in a uh, drunken state, and that was the way they lived. Now, why that happened? I mean, it's a long story. Sometimes I look at it and I think, Wow, why did people make those decisions? But one day, Hallelujah, I came into a Pentecostal church and the Holy Ghost came down and something began to happen hallelujah and I was there when it happened and I guess I ought to know hallelujah my grandmother used to sing that I used to love to hear her do it she, of course she shouted like this that's where I got it she shouted like that. And I loved her. I mean, the, the day she died, I thought my world had ended. There she was, the, the most godly woman I ever knew that ever lived in this world. She prayed me through to the Holy Ghost when my dad was out on a drunk somewhere. And she prayed me through. And all of a sudden, she looked at me and she, I'll never forget it. Hallelujah. And she said, honey, everything's new now, baby. She reached down and took hold of my face. And she said, I knew it, tell me. I knew it. I knew it'd be you. That's the way she talked to me. And I'd say, oh, Grandma, Grandma, I'm just a little kid. I was 11 when she said that. Oh, no, no, she'd say. I, I, I never should start talking about Grandma. Because, boy, I have a hard time. And she'd say, no, no. She'd bring me in. She'd set me down. No, Talmud, you, you're going to be different. You're going to be different. You're going to be 
marvelously used of God, she would say. And she'd put her hands on me and and she'd say, "I, I can feel it, honey. I can feel it every time you, when we have dinner and we pray. I can feel it. And she, she convinced me of it. And that everything was going to be different. Hallelujah. And so dad got the Holy Ghost. And mom got the Holy Ghost. And my brothers got the Holy Ghost. And God kept pouring out the Holy Ghost. Everything was different. Now, did I say everything was perfect? No, I didn't say everything was perfect. I said everything was new. Oh, yeah, I still had get through heart surgeries and all of that and a million dollars in one whack on medical bills. Sure, I had all that to face, but God had changed everything. Are you thankful today for what God has done? All right, so the first, the third thing, the principle is to live the new spiritual life. He that saith he abideth in him ought also, ought, <laughs> here we go. Uh, I'm getting all stirred up here. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. So your daily walk should be like the Lord, which we, which we just said. It's very similar to number two. Number four. Now we're going to Colossians 3. And, and the fourth uh, point of strength is that we need to yield to the power of the Spirit. Now, this is sometimes difficult. Now, let me suggest that Colossians 3 is a starting point. And I know some of you are going to say, oh, Brother Fitch, you're always talking about holiness, holiness, holiness. Okay, I know, I know. But let me suggest this is the way to yield yourself to the Spirit. Paul said, now, you also put off all of these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Just, just get that out of, your, out of your life. Lie not one to another don't distort it been many a times that you had to wrestle with i gotta tell this i gotta tell them it's gonna be hard i gotta tell them well this world we're in you just you know tell whatever story you want to tell but the bible says lie not one to another seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. And so we yield to the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, by allowing the Holy Spirit to have its way inside of us. Praise God. And how many have ever experienced that? God working, even though you were completely unworthy, God working inside of you, and the next thing you know, wow, the Lord helped me. Praise God. I remember when my mother got the Holy Ghost, and I just talked to her this week. She's sort of on my mind. She's been having some, uh, she's 82, I believe, and, uh, and she's having some, uh, was in, in the doctors. And so um, I remember when she got, uh, uh, when the Lord began to work in her life, and, and she came into the church, and uh, and uh, the, the thing that mom did, now dad, he drank, of course, and he left, of course, I, when I was quite little. But, um, but, but mom had to then uh, take care of us and, and try to get by. And it made her, uh, I don't know how to explain it psychologically, but the way she handled it was through smoking. She would smoke. Uh, and I, I've said this to her many times laughing because she's a very... 
fun person to be around. But uh, I said, Mom, you used to smoke them so fast that we couldn't see the cigarette. And she would, she would go, like that. I said, you could f- smoke it faster than any human on earth. And she got up to four packs a day. She would literally take those cigarettes and, and she, she where, where's my cigarettes? And she'd get, and uh, we, oh, we kids knew to start looking. We'll sometimes tease. Uh, the, the, I get teased all the time, and it's an absolute a, a horrible untruth that I used to, uh, what is it they claim I did to my siblings? I used to spank them or something. Snap them with a towel. Well, I mean, telling stories like that is horrible. And so mom would, uh, she, in order to cope, she got so addicted to nicotine that she couldn't stop. And she, literally, and, and the minute she said, where's the, the cigarettes? Man, we had one thing in mind, and that's finding something that you could smoke. Forgive me, Mom. I hope, I hope this tape never makes its way to, to Jonesboro. And so she, we'd start, here's one, look here, Mom. Look here, this one's got to, no, no, something got to be more than that. I'm, this, this is, I'm describing actual events, repeated events. And, and the devil had her convinced that she could never give it up and she could never change. But I remember the day she came into the church. I remember it. She was sitting on that second seat right there. And it wasn't a big church like this. It would be like the size of just that right there. But, uh, and she came in and I said, now, Mom, uh, there's a sister comes in. She's kind of wild. And I was describing her. I said, uh, now, she's going she's gonna to scream. And so, and Mom would say, What? I'd say, she's going to scream. And it's her name. She's really nice, but she screams. And, and uh, she sits over by where I sit. And uh, she's going to scream. And, uh, and, and then she's going to jump around. And, uh, and so I said, so don't, don't be nervous about it. Uh, it's just what we do in church. And she said, hmm, hmm, like that. Of course, I, and she said, I can't sit through a whole service. Because of, of I, I'm going to have to go out and, and get, have a cigarette. And I said, well, if you, if you do, then just, just go on out and come back in. It's okay. I was so, I'd been trying for so long to get her to a service. And, uh, and sure enough, they were singing. I mean, we could sing, amazing grace. And sister so-and-so, wow, she'd jump up and boy, she bumped that pew mom was on. We were both on it. But I was so used to it, I didn't really, uh, I only noticed it because mom was sitting there. And mom got all startled and, and she, the pew kind of bumped up a little bit. And she started shouting. She'd get in there, whoa, whoa. And she was shouting like you wouldn't believe. And so I kind of reached over like this to mom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the preacher got up and boy, he was just, oh my goodness. It was, I told the Lord, why did you have to make this the wildest service in the history of Pentecost? They were, the preacher was so wound up, I never saw him so wound up. He, and, and it looked like he had a Bible the size of this pulpit, and he was waving it around like this and running down, and it looked like this wave putting it right in mom's face. And then the altar call came, and I looked up, and, and mom was gone. And I thought, oh, oh, I was so hoping she'd stay through, the, just, just through the altar service, you know. And, and then she could see people pray and, 
And I could kind of talk to her. And so I looked around. I tried to, you know, now you know how you do. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And I was looking out. Oh, praise God. Trying to see if I could see her. And uh, someone said, no, 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 she's not, she's not out there. She's, she's down under there. She had been slain by the Spirit and was uh, uh, rolling around. She got the Holy Ghost with talking to talk. I, I ran up there. That, that, that's mom. That's mom. She's seven months pregnant with Sheila. And, uh, and, and she's, she's getting the whole, whoa, she's shouting. She's dancing. She's, I was like, whoa. Later, I've always told her, I said, you became the biggest shouter in the church. But, but at the time, you know, we were so worried about you. And uh, she said, I have no desire to smoke a cigarette. She said, the Holy Ghost has taken all that away. She said, oh my goodness, I, I'm going to be delivered from all of that. And, and I, I forget the year that was, but bless God, she's still walking with the Lord. She's 83 years old. Thank you, Jesus. So you need to let the Holy Spirit do the, its work in you. Now, not everybody has exactly the same experience. I didn't say you have to roll on the ground. I didn't say everybody's hooked on cigarettes. I said you've got to let the power of the Spirit work in your life. And how many knows it's true? God will help us. Now, I'm only going to get to number five because of the time. But number five is you have to surrender your thoughts, your mind, not just your thoughts, but your mind to God. Surrendering it to the Lord. Doesn't make you God. Doesn't make you perfect. But when you surrender your, your mind to the Lord, let's say you're the smartest person in the world. You have to surrender your mind to the Lord. Let's say you're not the smartest person in the whole world. Maybe you're not uh, in the 99 percentile. It makes no difference to God. What God wants is you. All he wants is you. Praise God. And so uh, let's, let's look at one scripture if we can. Uh, we don't have much time. Let's stand. They're, they're going to. Uh, I'm not going to be able to get much further. But if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Romans 12. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Praise God. Okay, let's lift our hearts together, shall we? I've got to get out of the way. Lord, thank you today for five principles about our daily walk with God. Lord, help us to do our best. Sometimes it's not easy in this world, and there are so many things and so many things pressuring people today. I ask God that you will help someone to find their way as they walk with you, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Praise